Welcome to Riverdale. Welcome to Riverdale. This is the Carefree Black Nerd Review Show of CW and Archie Comics Riverdale. This is uh, episode, well, chapter 42, The Man in Black. This is season 3, episode 7. In this episode, uh, fearful that he will be caught, Archie hits the road and ends up at a farm outside Riverdale where he meets Lori Lake. Uh, as usual, when you're listening to this episode and when you're watching Riverdale Live, please use the hashtag WTRPod. Make this a conversation. I am your host of said podcast, Rain Coleman, the Carefree Black Nerd. Uh, check me out. <laughs> Hit me up and tweet me at Carefree Blurred and let's keep this conversation going. First and foremost, uh, I have to admit, this, this Riverdale has been keeping my interest this season. Like, kind of right before the flashback episode they've been i'm in there i'm not always happy with everything that's going on in every episode it's not a hundred percent but i am kind of here for it now in this episode we kind of break down into three different stories we have the jughead and archie the veronica and the betty they are our main cast members or the main four who we follow anyway so it's not surprising that we're following them now uh and i mean i have a few thoughts I think that this show is, or this episode is really good. Um, It worked. There are some things that was kind of effed up about it. But once you suspend belief and you just immerse yourself in everything that is Riverdale, you're pretty much, this is on par with what we've expected. I will say I'm sick and goddamn tired of this Gargoyle King storyline. And that will be addressed in this first segment here. Now, the beginning... Jughead tells a horrible lie. Uh, Like the opening narration is, there's a story about two boys. Looking at them, one might think they're brothers. No, you and Archie look nothing like brothers. Let's stop that right there. Y'all trying to be cute. I don't know what the fuck the writers thought they had going on, but Jughead, no. You are, no. You (laughs) you are, no. That's laughable. Um, that being said, Archie and Jughead, you know, we know set out on the train tracks at the end of last episode, we pick back up and I assume they're about 10 to maybe 11 miles outside of Riverdale walking and I'm fine with that, but it's like, you did not come up with a plan. So I have no sympathy for anything that you deal with going forward. Archie, I understand his issues with Veronica, Veronica's dad and trying to stay away and want to stay alive. Yeah. But you have a whole-ass dad and a whole-ass mom. First of all, a whole-ass dad that's in Riverdale, who you could run to, especially after we've told you that charges have been dropped. Like, even if you were going to leave Riverdale, you don't think maybe talking to your dad would have been, I don't know, a reasonable thing to do? Hey, Dad, remember I escaped from Juvenile? Yeah, I know I've cleared those charges, but I also escaped from Juvenile. Like, it's this is a weird space that we're existing in. Additionally... Archie has a whole goddamn mother in Chicago. Like, a lot of this, it's like if you just take a couple steps back and think of this logically as if this shit is actually happening in real life, a lot of this can be taken care of. Not only do you have a whole mom in Chicago, she's a goddamn lawyer. Like, why are you not maybe reaching out to her? Like, even if you're going to go on the run, you have another parent you can be with. Like, this is the thing that kind of pisses me off about this show is that do y'all not... Like, are these high school kids or are these 
new adults. Like, you have to pick. You can't keep saying they're sophomores and juniors and seniors in high school, but then they're never in school. You got all this fantastic shit going on, and I can I, I can deal with them not being in class all the time, but god damn, what, what are we... <laughs> What is going on? It's like this. These are grown ass people. Mm. These ain't kids. But I just feel like it would have been smart to maybe go home, Archie, talk to your dad, and say, "Hey, Dad, I love you very much, but with all the shit that's going on, I think I need to move to Chicago and stay with Mom for a while." I, I guess if he did the most sensible thing, there wouldn't be a storyline. It's like this is stupid, and to bring Jug here with you, like. Jughead says something like, yeah, Hiram is after Archie, and he's after me too. No, no, when, no. Now, Hiram is a lot of things, but where in these last, I don't know, seven, eight episodes, even the last two, has anything come up that he's, why the fuck would Hiram be after Jughead? Is it because of the allegations he was yelling at him in his office, like, no one's taking you seriously, Jughead. You're doped up on whatever jingle jangle. I mean, and not that Jughead is a drug user, but in the in the in the world of the show, you're a undesirable person um, in society, I guess, whatever. And then you're attacking this man of a certain class and wealth and station in life, and you're also like knees deep in this gargoyle king shit. You have a lot of strikes against you, so why would Hiram even, why would you be on his radar? Like, that was, that was forced. It's like, this show is not paying attention to the shit that happened before. Another instance is, um, I'll just address it now. Archie and Jughead decide to stop at this barn, at this farm, to for the night. I'm like, what are you doing? This random barn? And then, like, the the joys of white privilege, I suppose. But how do you just walk up to this barn and you just expect that, oh, we're going to get food and shelter? What are you doing? Like, it ain't even that old Midwestern, Southern hospitality. You're just walking up to a random barn and expect that because you asked for it, you're going to get. It was so weird. I was just like, man, this is. I, and maybe that's just how the other half lives, and I know nothing about that. But that that's not something I would even think of doing. Um, so this little girl comes up with a rifle and, or a shotgun and pointing at their back. And it's like, you know, y'all on the wrong property, which you are on her property. Like, uh, And then Lori, Laurel Lake, I'm not sure if that is a character from the comics. The fact that her name was mentioned in the synopsis makes me think that she is. But I really don't care to look her up like. Listeners, if you know who Lori Lake is or Laurel Lake, whatever, hit me up, uh, WTR Pod, Carefree Blur, that's on Twitter, and let me know, or slime DMs and let me, I don't know, whatever. I just, I don't have the energy or the desire to look her up, because whatever. She was an interesting character. There was something off about her, and Jughead said that. Uh, so they, homegirl Lori stopped her daughter, her sister from shooting them. They sitting down having dinner and shit, and then she's like, y'all got a place to stay for the night? And Jughead's like, oh, yeah, we do. Which, I, I get that, and I'm with him, but why the fuck would you stop in broad daylight only to be like, yeah, we got, we gonna get out your hair in pitch black night? Like, that man, that was kind of ass backwards. Um, that being said, Archie and Lori share a couple looks. She asked her to move some bells of hay the next morning. Apparently, she cooked eggs and bacon for him. Uh, Jughead's asking, where the fuck the dude's at? Why ain't nobody 
on this ranch with you. And she's like, well, my dad and my brother went down with the man in black to build a down water by some shit about working by the lake. We ultimately find out that they're working for the man in black and that the man in black is, you know, got them selling drugs and shit. Now, this is the thing that's pissed me off about the Gargoyle King storyline. It has been established that the Gargoyle King and Gargoyles and the G&G game, whatever, that this is an anagram for Riverdale, that the whole landscape of the Gargoyles and Dungeons board game is Riverdale. Why in the fuck did this game extend to this other town that's 10 miles outside of Riverdale? And the way the show set it up, it leads you to believe that this has happened to other small towns surrounding Riverdale. Additionally, which this don't really matter, it ain't went to Greendale yet. What the fuck going on with that? But that aside, if you establish that this is a Riverdale analog and that this game was only available in Riverdale and it's been only in Riverdale for like 20, 30, 40 years since the adults were in high school way back in the 90s, why in the fuck is it now is so convenient that you're it's it's too much. I feel like this storyline should have been wrapped up like an episode, maybe an episode and a half after the flashback episode with the with the kids um, playing their parents, because now it's just it's tiresome. It's like you don't have any other ideas for this season. Like and then we're coming. We're fast approaching the midseason finale. If this episode wasn't because I didn't watch it live. Um so I'm not 100% sure. But why Why on earth are we, why are we dragging this out? Like, at this point, there's no one who you can reveal to be the Gargoyle King where I'm just going to be like, mm-hmm, okay, it won't be satisfying. It's probably going to be annoying whoever they decide that this is under that mask or whatever. So, <sighs> okay, so Jughead goes into town. And, okay, this kind of irked me too. After Jughead and Archie woke up and he saw, he being Jughead, saw Archie throwing them bales of hay onto like a truck. Um, he was like, yeah, I'm going to go into town and take pictures, you know, like we said, like we decided, like we agreed or something. I was like, what kind of fucking trip is this? I thought this was for Archie to get out of Riverdale and to find himself and to start over away from Hiram's like evil reign. Now, from Jughead's point of view, this is a friendship trip across the country to take pictures. Like, when has any of this been established? None of this has. Additionally, um, when the little girl had the rifle at their back, Jughead said his name was Cliff and Archie's name was Biff, and they were just, you know, passing through town or whatever. So Archie and Lori start to kiss, and he kind of pushed her off. Oh, I have a girl back home. I mean... We're not together, but I still love her. And she says, which makes sense. If you love her, then why are you here? Oh, well, her dad, you know, her dad's keeping us away. And you know what? I'm sorry I lied to you. My name is Archie Andrews. I'm from Riverdale, and I'm running for my girlfriend's father, Hiram. Like, what are you? What the fuck is going on? This is another reason why Archie is trash. He is a whore. Like, what what the fuck are you doing? You aren't alone. You have Jughead with you. You're compromising yourself but by extension him as well like you don't know what these people are capable of while Jughead is in town he sees that there's no men in town there's four girls on the back of a pickup truck playing G and G and they're telling him about the man in black and this and that and that is ultimately it becomes it's Hiram which like I said on Twitter I was like well it's it's not a surprise that this is Hiram um finding out that he's the man in black 
also discovering that he owns all these little small tiles because apparently he has all the men working in prisons making fizzle rocks, which is drugs that they're giving to the kids who plays gargoyles and dungeons. It's such a convoluted ass story that I feel like this show really does not know what the fuck they're doing or where they're going with this story. It's very frustrating because you guys were doing, I don't want to say doing so well, you were doing better than you've done prior. And yet it still feels like this is like this trash. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Um, I just, and then having Hiram be the man in black, it's like, yeah, I get it. But couldn't that have been something else? It's just, I don't, I'm not a fan. I'm not, I'm not, uh, this isn't satisfying. So Archie and Jughead run away uh, because Lori tied up Archie and called Hiram and apparently Hiram has her brother and dad working because they're indebted to him in the prison, I guess, for free. And she's like, yeah, I just want to be clear. You, me giving you Archie, that releases my family's debt. And I was like, what? when is all this, when did this happen? I just, and then what is Hiram's end game? Like, if you want to take over Riverdale and be the head motherfucking charge, okay, whatever. But what, what? What is his end game? I don't understand it. Like, you bought up all the property during season one or two, and then, well, one and two, and then now you built the prison, and now you have people working there, and now you're manufacturing these drugs, Like, but then you're buying up all the towns around Riverdale. I just, I just, I don't, I don't understand. I just don't understand, and it. I don't feel like the show understands either. It feels like, Instead of having like a villain of the week, you come up with different storylines for villain of the week type stuff, but but always put it on Hiram and then some kind of way we're going to try to make it make sense later on. It doesn't feel like they know what the hell they're doing. And that's like, I don't know. It's just not enough to just make him the bad guy and just have him do quote unquote bad stuff. Like, what do you stand to gain? by making all these people work for you and now if it's free labor yeah okay whatever i get that but then these people are away from this town the town running shit let's say half the men die and then the women are just like do you also then go and recruit the women to work it's such i don't know anyone who's a criminal out there tweet me carefree blurred you say say wtr pod or familiar or you know criminal adjacent and knows what the fuck might be going on with Hiram. Let me know because I'm honestly and truthfully confused as to what the fuck his plan is. And then, kind of moving on to Veronica, with her and her parents being at odds, and then her mom being the mayor and her dad being this criminal guy, and then the mom, you know, kind of sort of also being a criminal. And it's what what are we doing? It just feels like they're just criminals for the sake of being criminals. They're brown people and they have a little bit of power, so they are criminals. Like, and I'm not. Um, it is a race thing for me, but I'm not making it a race thing in the sense that this show is just making all the brown people bad. I'm just saying that's the characteristic of these people. These are evil brown people who have a bit of power. I don't understand what they're doing with it. Well, it's, I don't know, man. It's just a bit frustrating. Um, so Veronica finally moves out. She's like, oh, I want to get out of this house of horrors. And mom, you should too. And she's like, oh, Mia, he's my husband. And she's like, oh, but mom... I think you killed Manetta. So that's what causes her to leave is that Sheriff Manetta has been missing. And we find out later on that he's actually been, his body's been found decapitated and handsless. It's like, 
what is going on? Like, honestly and truthfully, what the fuck is even going on in this show? Like, oh my God. So the guy, Eli, Elo, or whatever, um, from the jailbreak episode, Veronica enlists his help because they have no money. The speakeasy, which, so random. Again, what age are these kids? Are they 16 in high school or are they 24, 25, just got out of college, kind of making their way downtown, driving fast? (laughs) What are they doing? Why does she own a speakeasy? Why is it beneath Pops? How does she do all this renovation and shit? How, like, what, what is going on? And to serve minors, and they're not serving them liquor, so I don't mean minors in a bad way, but to serve minors and no adults? Like, wouldn't that be where your money is? Grown people who want to drink liquor? Or even if it ain't drinking liquor, just have a place to get away and socialize. People who actually have money to spend. And not these damn kids who come down four at a time to play gargoyles and dragons and like this is so weird so reggie i do like the reggie and veronica relationship though like they're cool they're close i don't know if the show's gonna go the route of the comics and have him like have a crush on her they kind of date kind of not either way i'm hoping they don't do that with with reggie um i mean because what the fuck happened with him and josie like that was a thing for like maybe an episode Uh, whatever um so Veronica links up with Eli, Elo, whatever, who's part of a neighboring crime family, which is like, what the fuck? How many crime families are in Riverdale? And how far are we from New York? Because when I tell you I'm so freaking confused watching this goddamn show, Uh, Veronica enlists his help. He pretty much backstabbing her. Her dad coming to Pops talking about, hey, look, Miha, this what's going on, such and such. Ultimately, they find out that homeboy is trying to, like, bleed her dry in the casino night. And she go in, and with her father's advice, she, you know, play a game of blackjack against him, which I don't know what the fuck they were talking about. Like, um, I don't know nothing about gambling. I know about the penny machine and the nickel and dime machine at the casino. That's about the extent of my knowledge. But Veronica won whatever game against homeboy, and he was out of there. They won all this money. But... To what end? Like her dad said, it doesn't matter how you win as long as you're the last man standing. And she repeats the line to Reggie, which is like, he's like, oh, you scammed a scammer. She's like, yeah, it doesn't matter how you win as long as you're the last woman standing. Which that was a nice, cute little remix of the line. But clearly that's not the case. And she's becoming more and more like her father. And I think that's intentional with the on the show. But hell, who knows? With this show, they might try to rewrite that history and make it seem like she's this innocent angel. But one thing I want to focus on with this Veronica storyline is Pops. This man has been under, like, I just, like I said on Twitter, he is a walking, living, breathing plot device. They do not respect Pops. He has been bullshitted on ever since he's showed up on screen in season one. Things happen to him that he has no control over. He's this helpless dude. He's this magical Negro. He's this wise black man he's this thing to be white savior he's this he's he's not he's a horrible character and it's not a fault of the actor it's just shit this show is trash when it comes to people of color marginalized people like and the thing is i i don't want to speculate because i say something like oh if he was white they would have treated him better it's not that it's just 
the show just isn't good at times. And he's one of the things that's really bad about this show. And like I said, it frustrates me to no end because what we know about Pops is this diner has been his family for generations. Let's, well, I'll say a couple generations. I don't know. Generations, decades. But also his mom, I, I don't know if they killed her off, but I know she was sick. We never saw her. Um, apparently he was so bad with money that the lodges had to buy the shit from under him in order to help him stay afloat. It's just, it was, it's just things are happening to this man, but he doesn't seem to be in control of his own goddamn life. It's just, it's very frustrating. And I hate to see him on screen because it's just, it's like a, it's sad. I just like in my Bella Noche voice. If you can't go and hang out at Pops, where the hell can you go? Like, he's just, it's trash. But I don't want to dwell on that too much longer. Um, So, the thing or the storyline that got me in the feels the most was Betty. Now, I've had my issues with Betty, which is kind of sort of the same kind of issues I've had with Cheryl. I like Cheryl, but bitch, you fucked over Josie, and the show is trash for kind of wrapping up that storyline and then throwing you into the arms of another brown girl. We was just supposed to forget the creepy, disgusting shit that you did to Josie and the pussy. It's just like, but I digress. Betty, however, fucked over Chuck and fucked over Josie, but I'm not going to rock down that, that road. Um, I am not a fan of the way Betty is being treated on this show. Lily Reinhardt is one of the better actresses, actors, excuse me, on this show. And this, her being in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy um, shit, whatever going on, is interesting. But I think it speaks to the larger story, which has kind of been the main story from day one, season one, episode one, that Alice is horrible. Betty is in a no-win situation. And this is why I feel like they need to pin down where these kids are. Are they kids or are they adults? Because a lot of the shit that Betty is dealing with, if she was an adult who was fully capable to take care of herself, and when I say that, I mean financially and education and all that, because I feel like she can take care of her goddamn self. Like, clearly, in the show, she is doing that. But you can't have them go between these spaces of being adults and being kids and then having a situation like this happen where she's at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Why the hell was she here? Then don't turn around and act like she's 20-something and not 16, but she's here. So we find out Ethel is not dead, which was very upsetting to me. Why is this girl not dead? Someone murdered her already. I, I don't like this character at all. She's a horrible character. And I know when you get emotional response from, from a character, from a storyline, it's like good because at least you're you're getting some type of emotion. But all in all, I don't see the purpose that she serves. It's like she's deliberately being an annoying character in a very harmful way. This ain't annoying like, oh, she's irritating. Please get her out of here. It's like she's doing things that are fucking with the health and well-being of other people. But you want to treat her like she's a saint or that she's uh, innocent or I don't I don't know. I don't I just don't like the at the mugs character. I feel like they don't know what the fuck they're doing with her either. But get rid of her. Kill her. Just murder her. Kill her completely. I I guess I just assumed that when she was in the hospital bed and the gargoyle king standing over her that she died or that she killed herself. But she didn't. I wish she had. I want her dead. Period. Um, When it comes to Betty. I like her narration in this series of scenes or her storyline. 
It was much better than Jughead's. I would take her narration, anyone's narration over Jughead's any day. Um, essentially, Lily, or excuse me, Betty is in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. She's trying to play the part. She's trying to smile and be the nice girl so that she can get the fuck up out of here. What she said was, yeah, get her evidence and then, you know, escape the same way they broke out Cheryl. In my head, from the first time she said, I'm like, motherfucker, you really think they didn't board up that door? Don't be stupid. All in all, they feeding these girls fizzle rocks. Uh, these motherfuckers is crazy. Uh, oh, okay. Let me see. Mm, I don't mean, well, these girls are being subjected to this drug shit that they're calling candy, which it is. It's fizzle rocks is candy, but it's clearly laced with drugs. Hiram Lodge dropped off some shit, some look like a briefcase of money to Sister Woodruff or whatever, and she gave him a, a, um, a manila folder. This happens while Betty's outside with the other girls doing lawn maintenance. I don't know. What happens is um, Etho is homegirl's roommate. You know, she's talking about Our Jughead wants me. I don't want you no more. Uh, all the girls are scared when they go see the Gargoyle King, but I like seeing them. And it's just a weird situation. Uh, and Ethel tells Betty, you'll never see the Gargoyle King and this and that. And you can only see him if you're being reprimanded and whatever else. Ultimately, Betty comes up with a plan to, you know, she falls to the ground and has a seizure and take it to the infirmary. She finds out the information about what was in her file uh, pretty much Hiram Lodge has been giving them drugs that I guess they're manufacturing in the prison and they're giving them to the girls at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy to test out and then to see what comes next. But it all seems to be wrapped up in the Gargoyle King storyline and that's the problem that I have. This can be something separate and be something just as important. Why are we constantly tying in the Gargoyle King? Like, like I said, this is getting old as fuck. And at this point, no matter who you reveal the Gargoyle King to be, it's not going to be satisfying. It's just not. I just, I just, I don't want to say I don't care anymore, but you're dragging this out and, oh, just, I don't know. So, um, so Betty grabs the file, rips it out and runs through the halls of the facility, go into the basement to find the door, X marks the spot where they got away with Cheryl Swung it open, of course, there's a bricked over wall, which I'm like, do you honestly think after Cheryl escaped through here, what I feel like was months ago, they wouldn't board up that door? Like, what are you, what? That was stupid, but then I guess Betty's a kid again in this scene. So while she's panicking and trying to get out, uh, Sister Woodruff or Woodward or whoever her name is, and Ethel and two, uh, men strong men i guess pop up and ethel is just a bitch i just uh she's like chanting his gargoyle king shit and talking about yeah girl she she wasn't i told you she wasn't good and i'm the queen being here and all in all i just want ethel dead so we end the episode with uh betty being tossed into the gargoyle king's chambers she screams the lights go dim, they come back up, and now she's a whole nother person. It's like she's been lobotomized or something. And she's sitting in the same table we saw her at when she first appeared on screen, looking at the same ink blotches and telling them 
telling the lady, I see a dead body, I see the black hood, and I see the gargoyle king. And that was a very good, solid story. Like, it was concise to the point, and I enjoyed it. Um, I'm sad to see all this shit happening to Betty. Her mom ain't shit. Like, if anybody should be on the run, I would say it would be Betty. Like, it would be, it would make the most sense. You have the worst parent set of parents out of everyone in this entire show. It, and your your family and like chick whoever he was because apparently he maybe he wasn't related to her for real and uh polly and your mom and that like betty has it bad she got it she got it bad when she on the phone hang up and she call right back <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm wrap it up here. Uh, favorite character and seeing all that good shit. I don't even gonna do that. Like, if if anything, I'll say Betty. Everything Betty. Betty was favorite character. All her scenes were the best. Not that the other two storylines weren't good, but I think that Betty's was more impactful. It was more emotional, and just having that feeling of being in captivity and not having a way out. That's just so frustrating that I feel like a lot of people can relate to. Even if it's not something that they've gone through, just having that idea out there that you aren't in control of yourself, that you're doped up, you're drugged up, and other people are controlling you, that's very scary. And it it was honestly the heaviest of all the storylines. So everything goes to Betty for this episode. Like, I I have to give it to her. Lily Reinhardt, you did your goddamn thing. Um, So please. Keep this conversation going. Talk with me. Uh, chop it up with me. Hit me up on Twitter. Carefree Blurred is the handle and WTRPod is the hashtag. Please use that and talk to me when you're watching Riverdale Live. Do that as well. Um, make sure to check out the other shows on the Carefree Black Nerd feed. We have uh, Mondays, which are Black Lightning Matters. And then Tuesdays, we have the uh, over at Instagram, the Black Lightning pregame so make sure to ch- uh, follow me on instagram carefree black nerd and check out me and my co-host cole jackson discussing black lightning all things that is black lightning right before the live tweet uh tuesdays of course we have the wtr pod welcome to riverdale wednesdays is the titans hunt pod with my co-host shogun of government name fame dope ass show love it love it love it and uh, check it out and uh, mix out some other stuff in and out throughout here and there, whatever. But all in all, thank you all for listening. I do appreciate it. Uh, I love you all. I love you all. No. <laughs> um, but no, thank you very much. Use the hashtag. Give me some ratings, too. I mean, hit the hearts, hit the likes, share, retweet, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. And until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, stay out of Riverdale, stay away from the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Man, just get the fuck out of town. If you ever find yourself in Riverdale, turn the other way fast. All right.